What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Laura, what do you got? All right. So our man, Bad Bunny, is covering the W Magazine. And I love something that he said. It said, simply, I'm being myself. I think we're already proven that music is a universal language. We have people from all parts of the world singing songs in Spanish. We don't have to sing in English anymore to cross over. George, how huge is this for our people? Uh, I would say it's huge. Uh, I do think that it's cool that someone like Bad Bunny and J Balvin and all these guys are some of the biggest stars we have in music right now. Um, first of all, their sound is is unique and obviously, you know, in that language. Um, look, I, I think that, you know, there was a time, right, where, uh, you know, Ricky Martin, many, 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 many years ago was doing, you know, half and half songs. Enrique Iglesias was doing like half and half songs. But to his point... Uh, as far as language is concerned. Uh, you know, now that doesn't need to be the case. He can just speak in his language and be comfortable with it. Um, Shakira also had to do some of that. Um, and I've always said, if you listen to Enrique Iglesias or Shakira or Ricky Martin sing in Spanish, you can hear the difference on how much better it sounds because it's no different than a ball player, for example, in baseball speaking in his second language. It's good, but, it, or you know, it still could be interesting, but it's not going to be as authentic. Um, and passionate as it would be in anyone's first language. So I think it's a big deal. I like it. I like to sing the songs in other languages, even if I don't know what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You I know? mean, like, you know, but you could, it, it allows people to also kind of learn a little bit too, right? Um, you know, <laughs> doesn't it? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, what is he laughing at? <laughs> sorry, I was in my own head. <laughs> Okay. I'd love to be in there. I'd like to know. Yeah. Nah, you good. <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. I feel it's attacked. At- <laughs> no, no, no. That's you don't the know what's in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's in my head. No, I think it's great. I think it's great because, you know, this whole idea that, you know, in order to be considered mainstream, there's only one way in a country as diverse as America was always like a fallacy. Like, there isn't a one way when you're also trying to be a melting pot. (laughs) But we all know the history of this country and why it was always presented that way. And finally, we're at the point where there can be some authentic inclusion and not just decorative diversity. You know, where we don't want you, we just want you to be in the room so that we can say that you're included. But you're not listening to me. You're not including me. You're not asking about me. You don't care about my culture. You don't care about my language. You don't care about my people. You just want to be able to tell people you're diverse. Now we're getting to the place in which you're actually understanding what diversity and inclusion really means. So I think it's a great thing. Plus, I love me some Bad Bunny. El Conejo Malo. That's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. All right. By the way, we are giving away a pair of tickets to see Dave Chappelle and friends on Saturday, July 3rd at MGM Grand Garden Arena. Includes a one-night hotel stay. Uh, The way you win is very simple. Hopefully, you've been taking notes on the show. We are going to play a pop quiz game at 640. So if you want to win the Dave Chappelle tickets, you got to be listening at 640. you got to have taken notes through the show, all the different silliness and nonsense that we do throughout the show. All that stuff will be included in this particular conversation. So real quick. Um, yesterday we were having a conversation about shopping carts and when you go to the grocery store, are you a heathen that leaves the shopping cart, um, in the parking lot or, or do you at the very least, cause look, 
if you don't bring it back all the way to the grocery store, some of these grocery stores actually do you a, a, a solid by creating these like little mini lanes that you can leave, like these little like little space like areas where you can bring the shopping cart back, and it's also happens to be in the parking lot, so you don't have to take it back to the actual physical structure. So if you're still with all that in in line now, if you're still doing that, you are definitely a heathen. And it, it's funny we had a <laughs> so we had a guy. Daniel tweeted us yesterday that he said basically the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing and it's the ultimate test in what determines whether a person is good or a bad member of society. And I'm here for it. I am here for it, LC, <laughs> that that is a litmus test. I am 100% behind that. I agree. I, I, I agree. I, I put the shopping cart people in the same category as the escalator step hoggers, particularly Ooh. in airports escalator step hoggers like so you're saying taking the entire escalator not leaving room for someone who wants to walk past you exactly that's a man and, who goes to a lot of airports because that happens to me all the time on the moving walkway and it's just sort of like the moving walkway is really irritating because and i've actually said this to people you do realize this is not the destination you do realize the goal is that we're all trying to get keep going. Right. We're got to go somewhere else. Right. Keep going straight. Yeah. yeah. And I've had people, you know, call me names and stuff like that. And I've been somewhat confrontational, not physically confrontational because I'll be arrested. But right. certainly with my words, just kind of go, well, you're you're standing where it says walk. So you're asking for criticism. Right. Right. <laughs> you're asking so, for it. Right. Right. So the guy who doesn't put the shopping cart back and the guy who hogs the the escalator is the same guy who goes into a public restroom, like a, a restaurant, right? And they've got a clean bathroom, and you have to use it, and you you make you know, a little bit of a mess. Maybe you pee a little bit on the seat, right? And you thought you weren't home, so maybe you did things a little different. Do you clean it up? Because the next person doesn't have to come in and see this mess. Do you, do you clean it up, or do you go, nah, I'm just going to walk out. Somebody else will have to deal with it. What kind of person are you? That's the question. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Just, you know, it's like if you see something on the floor that's littered, right? Like, just pick it up. Grab it. No big deal. Um, speaking of no big deal, and we play big deal or no deal at 630 each and every day on this show. But there's some talk about the Lakers, about whether it's a big deal. Max Kellerman's out here telling people that, uh, you know, LeBron is on the decline, that this is the beginning of the end. Um, and, you know, there's conversation on, on talk radio, on talk television about the Lakers and this just not feeling right, that this is different. The injuries are piling up. The continuity is not there. Uh, this team doesn't look the same. And if LeBron's not 100%, what are you going to get? Now, LZ, you brought up making up for some of that with Anthony Davis. And I was watching the jump today, and I agreed. I, look, you and I have had this conversation for years. Uh, well, not for years, but we had this last year um, about Anthony Davis. During the playoffs last year, we specifically had a conversation about him needing to step up and we were adamant about, look, if you want to be a top five player, you got to show me what's up. And he did. He stepped up to the plate last year because there was a lot of questions about him and whether he could be that guy. Well, the question, questions have arisen again. I saw Richard Jefferson today make a comment about that on the jump. Hey, if you want to be a top five player, if Bron's going to be hurt, you need to be that guy that the torch is passed to. So I just don't know. Do you think he's capable of that? Like, I think he's got the skill set to do it. But does he actually have the ability is the next question. Well, it's not whether or not he has the ability, and it's not whether or not he has the, the skill set. It's whether or not he has the mentality. It's always about the mentality with a player like Anthony Davis. You know, it's very comfortable to be able to sit back and let Bron do it. 
Just like it was comfortable to sit back and let Jordan do it, sit back and let Magic do it, sit back and let Bird do it. But do you have the mentality to step in their shoes if they can't do it? And, you know, we know that Anthony Davis has been the best player on a team before, but we don't know if Anthony Davis has ever led a successful team before. Not really. I mean, second round. Yeah. Right. We don't know if he's done that yet. And so it's not about whether or not he's capable of physically or from a skill set perspective. It's how he views himself right now and what he thinks he needs to do in order to get this team back to the mountaintop. It's a mental thing for him. See, I, I would say this, that a week ago, if we had a conversation and I said, guys, you have a fully healthy Anthony Davis on this team, mm-hmm. but LeBron's out, doesn't right. play at all. Right. Do you think the Lakers are a championship team minus no. LeBron? No. Okay. So, so that's where I'm at on this, is, is I don't think Anthony Davis's game is enough to by himself be a, hey, everybody, get on my back. I'll be the leader kind of a player. I don't think so. And to LZ's point, we've already seen what he was when he had his own, I'll call it his own team in New Orleans. So to answer the question for me, I don't think he has that because I haven't seen him prove that he does yet. And I don't think he's got the all-around game to be that guy. It did feel, LZ, at times he needed to be coaxed out of that a little bit. Um, now, whether that's actually the case or not, it did feel that way. Is that accurate? No, it definitely felt that way. And, you know, it can be intimidating playing with someone who's in a conversation of greatest of all time while that someone is still at the top. Right. That, that can be intimidating. Um, just as it can be intimidating for, you know, a new artist to be paired with a legend on a record, Right. Like, they can have all the chops in the world, but damn it, that's Whitney Houston over there. It could be different for you. So when I think about Anthony Davis and his next progression towards being the player we want him to be, is being able to recognize what this moment is, asking himself, is he ready? I'm going to assume the answer is yes, and then just go out and do it. Just go out and do it. Because if you do it, we're going to give you all the love. You ain't got to worry about that. We're going to say you've arrived. We're going to say this is your team. We're going to give you all the accolades. But what we can't do is tell you it's time. You have to do that for yourself. You have to recognize this time. We can't do that. The media can't do it. The fans can't do it. Jeannie Buss can't do it. Your boys can't do it. You have to step out on that court and say, can no MF on this floor hold me? When you're at that point and then you get those guys to rally behind you because they see that mentality shift, then the transaction has happened. But until then, we're still in this, this is LeBron's team, ankle, no ankle, no foot, left foot, right foot, whatever whatever you got going on, it's LeBron's team until Anthony Davis recognizes what this moment could be for him. Let me go to Ray in Fullerton. Ray, what's up? Hey, what's going on? You know, when he's talking about mentality, I can't, I can't help but think about Kobe Bryant. Uh, if you want to talk about Black Superman, and you want to talk about this time of year and this season, you know, when you look at LeBron's body language and his press conferences, and I'll never be a hundred percent again. Do you sincerely see Kobe doing the same thing? No, As because a they're of different fact, people. He would be 
No, but they're different people, he man. Like, they're different people. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the Kobe LeBron thing, Ray. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Well, I, I understand that. But, I mean, if he, even if he's not 100% LeBron James, he should at least be still, and it still does go through LeBron James, um, you know, it, in order for us to get this championship. Even if he's not 100%, he needs to be more outspoken, not, not like dropping his shoulders. And, uh, and it, it almost seems well, remember, like he, he did needs do to that. be more outspoken. He, he did do that last year, and they still won a championship. So, I mean... <laughs> There is I don't. I'm yeah, like. I'm trying to figure out what what what, do you, what exactly do you want from LeBron James that he hasn't already demonstrated? You want him to be Kobe, and he's not going to be Kobe because he's a different person. That's true, you know, and that's and that's a fair, and that's a fair statement. I just think that you know, I, I just think that I think first of all, the Lakers are going to be fine. They have a lot of talent on that team, and a lot of players are getting playing time that they're going to need in the playoffs. And the reality is, unless they have a you know a play a one game playoff or whatever, um, you still have to beat them four times. And I still think everything's going to be fine. But that's just my take on you know. And I know some people don't want to hear that. No, I don't, I don't, 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 I don't get it. I don't yeah. get the I don't get Lakers. the everything's going to be fine mentality. I just don't get it. You got the Clippers coming up Thursday, then you got to play Portland the next night, then Phoenix on Sunday. New York is no gimme anymore. You got three games to finish the regular season, and LeBron's not going to be 100%. That's and, may, the deal. and not available for some of those games. Right. And, and so if they lose a bunch of games here, like the next three games, if they lose these, I mean, there is the possibility they fall into the plan. You know, and, and that's a one game series where who knows what happens. You know, what if they come up against Golden State and Steph goes off for 60? Well, it would, it would be a two game series in all, in all likelihood. I understand. Get two, gotcha. Well, if they had, it would be well. If they lost, let's say if, they're the seven they finish, or eight, right? If they're seven or eight and they lose one, they, they lose, still get another then opportunity. Fi- then it's a right. one-game scenario. Yes, right. after that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they, but to Cap's point, if they end up playing the Warriors, that's a one-game scenario. If they're playing the Warriors, but here's the thing, right? It's not about those teams. It's about the Lakers, because we know when the Lakers are playing their best, they won't be beaten four times in a series. Can right. they? Can they play we, their best? Hold on. We know when they play their best, they won't be beaten in a four-game series. So instead of focusing in on who they got to face on the outside, oh, I, I, ask yeah. yourself about whether or not they can rally themselves together on the inside I, I don't know. and do this. I don't Anthony, know. I don't, Anthony I don't Davis know. says they could. LeBron because, says they can't. Well, LeBron's Anthony Davis says we're back and we're ready. Okay, right. well, well, that's we'll what out. he said well, after well, listen, Denver. The well, LeBron game, says, "Without me, without me being healthy, we we don't really have a chance." That's what it's all about. It's about yeah, me coming I, back and being healthy. I, here's what I, let's do this on the other side because we got a full board of calls. Plus, we have Greg's Dodger theory that we have to get to as promised. Um, but I, I I don't. This is different. This is this is not. This is different, man. Like I am telling you right now that if they get the wrong matchup. Okay, do I think they're gonna lose in the play-in? No, but if they get the wrong matchup after that, having to work through the play-in, I, I think they could be in some trouble. So let's get to some of that. We'll get to more of your calls. We'll get to Greg's Dodger theory. And this is one of those theories where you're either gonna be like, holy crap, Greg is a genius, or holy crap, Greg is an insane person. The former. Okay, it's pretty simple, all right? We'll do that on the other side in two and a half minutes. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Absolutely 1 million percent not the case. Two of my childhood friends, my closest friends, okay, still to this day on my group chat, uh, talk every day, multiple, you know, many times a day, were guys who worked at Kmart. And they used to have to spend the entire last hour before we would go out as teenagers of their run at Kmart, right, of their daily duties at Kmart, picking up shopping carts. And I would actually help them occasionally because I'm like, yo, we got to go wherever. Like, I don't know, we were 16, right? Like, we got to go to this person's house or that person's house. Let's go. I'll help you. Let's go. Let's move. So on the contrary, and I do that all the time. I always take it back. And I even told the story yesterday, had you been listening and not probably playing golf somewhere, Chris, um, that I even took the shopping cart back during COVID and the guy told me just leave it here next to where the carts are because I got to wipe them down. So maybe if you were paying attention, you always give LZ and Scott crap for not listening. Uh, maybe you should have been listening. Were so you anyhow. saying something, George? Did you say something? Excuse me. Exactly. Sorry, what? Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, speaking of shopping carts, we'll take your calls here on the Lakers, but Gilbert and Whittier also wants to talk about the shopping cart. Now, you all, you do believe that not putting the shopping cart is uh, back is fine? Yes, correct. Why is that? I think that, um, so being a dad of three, I mostly take my kids wherever I go. So I find it like a challenge to have to take the shopping cart back. I think for the most part, I do leave it, you know, around the corner. How old are we talking? I have a five, an eight, and a nine-year-old. That is young. Especially with this heat. Is there a carve-out, LZ and Scott, on the dad with the three kids all, you know, either like just toddler or, you know, just barely, you know, just above toddler age. Hmm. See, I think the whole conversation is really just like this. You go to the store, you're by yourself, you put your stuff in your car. Now you have the cart. Are you the kind of person that chooses to leave it because there's somebody who works there and they're going to come retrieve it? Or are you the kind of person that thinks to yourself, you know, that's why they have those things over there, those corrals. Let me go and put my stuff back because that's what you do in an organized society where we all have to kind of trust each other. I trust that you're going to stop at a red light and I'm going to go at a green light. We have that relationship. So, I mean, that's really, let's, let's not get crazy here. We got it, Dad. I got kids. We all got it. It's tough sometimes. Not going to criticize yep, you and yep. shame you. I'm sorry for sure. LZ? I'm looking at these pictures of Beyonce as Wonder Woman. They're fascinating. Um, <laughs> the Twitter people are on fire. Do we Listen, have a, car- a carve-out for, uh, for our, our friend here in Whittier? Here's the deal, man. There are parking spaces next to the shopping carts. You don't have to walk all the way back or go all the way forward just to replace it. You could find something that's near the, the little shopping crater thing and Make sure that the, the trip isn't far. But at the end of the day, the one thing that makes society work, Cap is half right. There's an agreement based upon the rules of a functioning organized society. 
But the reason why society works isn't just because of the rules. It's because we extend grace to each other when those rules are broken. So if you are exhausted because you got these kids and it's hot and they've been jumping up and down and screaming during the entire shopping trip, we should extend grace to people as well in order to keep the society functioning as well in those situations. I'm talking about the people not like you. I'm talking about the lazy MFs who just don't want to do it. (laughs) Not the ones who got a lot of stuff going on. So don't feel bad. This conversation is not for you. It's not about you. Props for you for, for being a great dad and taking care of your kids. This isn't for you. This is for that dude who doesn't have any kids and just doesn't feel like walking a shopping cart back over. A child carve-out. There we go. So, Gilbert and Whittier, thank you for your call. Let's go to Brian and Torrance next. Brian. What's up, Brian? I got got a couple things. First of all, Gilbert, I'm a dad, too. Come on, man. You had to get the kids (laughs) out of the car, put one on the hip, and walk to get the shopping cart. Why can't you do the same to put it away? I got three boys. Love you, man. I feel your pain, but the easy way is just to find a place to put it safely. You're copping out. You're being lazy. Second part is earlier you guys talking about using a restroom, and would you clean up if it was messy after you? First of all, leave the restroom the same way you found it. That's what my parents always told me. Go in. If it's messy, you leave it messy. If it's clean, you should leave it clean, if not a little bit better. And then third of all, problem with the NBA is there's no more warriors with passion. It's all about money. Nobody plays injured anymore. Nobody has loyalty to their teams anymore. Hardly anybody will play a career like Kobe. All right, all right, stop, 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 stop. I can't let you keep going with this get-off-my-lawn conversation. Those teams also disrespect those athletes. Remember that? They trade them whenever they want to. In the NFL for years, they would just cut them and not honor the contracts whenever they wanted to. It's a two-way street, my man. So you want to talk about passion. How about the passion for owners and team presidents to take care of the players that's giving them everything, like Isaiah Thomas in Boston? What did they do to him? It says, thank you for your service. Now get out of here. It's a two-way street, man. Don't just blame the athletes for this culture. No response, no reply, no rebuttal. I mean, come okay. on, man. Guess not. See oh, he dropped. I think yeah, you scared him, LZ. He, he dropped. did. Scared but I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to sit up here and let him pretend as if it's all the athletes that's creating this dynamic. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. It is a two way street. I don't think that's why player empowerment became a thing. By the way, least surprising thing ever. Steve Mason just texted. I don't take the shopping cart back. They have a job. No. He did. That's right. He sent a text saying that. That's and not he, his And he feels oh, like you know, that's, how, that's how this person is employed. His job is to go out there and do that or her job. And, and Steve Mason has a different perspective. Are we surprised? No, I'm not surprised that he would be the guy that leave, lets them, you know. I don't know what it is with me. I'm so uptight about it, too. Like, I, don't, there's, I, I had these coaches in college that would always drill this into your head. Character is what you do when nobody's watching. And I was like, Correct. so every time like I'm by myself, like uh, no, somebody could be watching and this determines my character. So wh- who am I? You know, am I walking by and that, that cart, I'm just leaving it. I pop it up on the curb and I go, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm out of here. I got, I got things to do. You do it. You work here. I don't know why I'm so uptight like that. Yeah. For me, I got to take it back. 
I got to take it back. I feel guilty about not about taking it back, like not taking it back in this particular case. Here's Briones checks in. With or without kids, take the cart to the sp- a specific spot. If you don't have kids, fine. Uh, you do look at your car uh, like your baby. Uh, would you like a dent on the side of your door or scratch? Hell no, you wouldn't. That's a good point because if you leave the carts out there, that's how people's cars get scratched and dented. Well, it's I don't care about the guy who has to come get it, and it's I don't care about the Wait. guy whose car I might hit. Mason says he's the only one that's telling the truth here. Mason, that is, I will let you call my local grocery store, and they will tell you that I take that card back every single time. There's surveillance video somewhere. Mason, if you really want it, let's get it, man. Yeah. There's surveillance video. Yep, you could say you're the only one telling the truth. No, you're the only one that feels you're above the person working at the grocery store. Sorry. Ian and Redondo, though. What's up, Ian? Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? A lot of of heat going on with the carts and everything else. But uh, (laughs) my point is I want to get to uh, AD, and you guys were talking about him taking over and and, and stepping up his game. Well, you know, I – Every, every game, he pretty much has a mismatch. And there are times I see in games, he won't see the ball three, four, five possessions. So I really think the coaching staff is to, hey, let's feed him early, let's feed him off, and he needs to get at least 25 shots a game, especially if LeBron's not playing. Do you agree? Well, well I, that's I, up to him. Yeah. He's got to demand the ball a little He's bit. He's got to demand the ball. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I, I, that it is, it is on the coach too. Yes, but it's also on him. I, I would agree with that. And thank you for the call, Ian. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you want to hop aboard, eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Damn it! I swear, Greg's Dodger theory. I promise you, Lord Jesus, and anyone who you pray to, uh, whoever you. you pray to. Thank you for that, Moses. Th- yes, whoever it is you pray to, you. We'll have Greg's Dodger theory on the other side, and you will say this mother bleeper is a genius or this mother bleeper is insane. And it will happen on the other side. Your calls will continue, but we will do that first, okay? This segment, by the way, that's coming up is sponsored by Dos Hombres, crafted with care, a spirit like no other. We're back in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano Z Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. By the way, we are giving away a chance for you to watch Dave Chappelle and friends on Saturday, July 3rd at MGM Grand at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Includes a one-night hotel stay. Here's the deal. At 640, we're going to do a pop quiz from the entire show. If you've got the five answers... Uh, or if you get the fifth answer, right? Like, you, it doesn't matter. If, if somebody before you gets, like, four and you get the fifth uh, because they screwed up the fifth and you can clean up on aisle seven, or in this case, aisle five, uh, you can win the trip. That's how this works. Right. Let so somebody it, else do the heavy lifting. Right. It's a matter of doing your due diligence, but also a matter of chance and luck, uh, kind of like everything in life. So make sure you're <laughs> tuning in at 640 if you want to participate and try to win a pair of tickets to see Dave Chappelle and Friends Saturday, July 3rd at MGM Grand in the 640 segment and tickets go on sale this friday at 10 a.m on access.com all right greg before i get back to these damn calls 
tell people about your damn Dodger theory that I've been teasing for like an hour and a half. Which now is going to make it that much worse. And by the way, there's already no, no, on- it's fine. Yeah. If you're a Dodger fan, I feel like you're either going to be like, you know what, this Bergman, he 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 gets it, or you're going to be like, this Bergman is an excuse maker. Yeah, which Bergman are we going to get? Let's hear it. All right, so this is the deal. The Do- this Dodger team is all about patience at the plate, and they know what is a strike and what is a ball. They know exactly when it is it always. So they- now, let me interrupt. You are correct. Statistically, they are the team that took the most pitches than anyone last season. Yes. Yes, they take a lot of pitches, and they like, they only want a certain pitch that they know they can drive. So, But what's happening now is that the strike zones are being expanded. And I'm not saying this is just for the Dodgers or just for whoever they're playing. But the, the strike zones are being expanded by these umpires, and so they are either having to reach out for these outside strikes more often because they're already down in the count, or they're having to—they're not sure what's going to come because they can't—they have to protect. So it changes everything for them. So they are no longer now. They're all of a sudden in one-two counts, two-two counts. They get to those two-strike counts so much faster that now it changes their approach at the plate. So, so, so let me get this straight. This is okay. ridiculous. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. Let no. me get this straight. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we reserve, let's reserve some judgment here. Hold on. What you're saying is because the Dodgers had a historic season last year, and really the last couple of seasons, they've been unbelievable. They've led the league in taking pitches at the plate. And you believe that the umpires have not settled in on a strike zone uh, in general thus far this season, hence calling strikes outside the strike zone, which is then putting the Dodgers in this position of having to chase pitches that aren't normally strikes because you're basically telling me there's this grand conspiracy that the umpires are giving the Dodgers the finger because they feel like the the Dodgers are putting them in a bad spot. You Is start, that accurate? It's close. You started off really well, and then you started going into this grand conspiracy towards the end of it to change everything. Because that's what it sounds like to me, that you're, you're creating this grand them. conspiracy that the Dodgers are hitting poorly because it's the umpires. Fault. Just think, it's not the umpire's fault. I'm just saying, think about it. You think that every single Dodger, every one of them, all of a sudden are dropping their entire batting average and on base percentage has dropped considerably. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, which is a historically great team last year. That's baseball, man. Just can't hit all of a sudden. I literally just saw Corey Seager swing at a pitch outside the zone, low and inside on a two and one count. Now, is that, that's not two strikes. And he just struck out. How about that? It's not every single pitch, obviously, but there are going to be a a lot of times. It does throw you off. If you're already in a one two count or a oh two count early on because you're taking pitches and they're called strikes when they're actually balls, it throws the entire at bat off. Okay. Okay, now, now, Greg, don't get upset when There's I no tell upset. you. That I'm not I, getting I, upset. I, I George is not getting upset. All right, don't get crazy <laughs> here, okay, when I tell you that you sound like an excuse maker. You do. Okay? You sound like you're making excuses. Listen, look at it like this. There are a lot of guys on this pitching staff that have gotten hurt, particularly in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and there are uh, there is an injury, a major injury in the lineup uh, with Bellinger out. But what and, does that have to do with the offense? I mean, the, well, the let me let me explain it to you. What, let me explain it to you. So, so look, when when you start the season thirteen and two, and everybody says you're going to be the greatest team of all time, and you're four and twelve since, which is worse than the National League, um, that is not because guys aren't adjusting to the strike zone. That is because guys have gone ice cold. That's the way it goes. Sometimes you're going to be on fire hot, and sometimes you're just going to be ice cold. And right now. 
this offense is completely ice cold, and I'm just not going to say that it's because the strike zone has changed and therefore their mentality is all screwed up because they're coached, if you will, or managed in a way that this is when we swing at pitches. I think it sounds like one gigantic excuse. Well, but it's okay. If it's one or two guys that are that are being that way, if like if it was just Mookie Betts that wasn't hitting well, or if it was just Corey Seager that was going through a rough stretch, I sure totally with you one hundred percent. But when everybody one haven't through you, haven't eight, you heard the phrase "hitting is contagious"? Yes, of course. But then guys so? will get it. Guys will get on base or the, and they'll walk. Like Max Muncy leads the league in walks, so he'll get on base. But then everybody else will just will ground into double plays or they'll strike out. It's how, how the about whole Justin team Turner? Is, is Justin Turner is Justin Turner way 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 under his no. career averages? No, he's That's overperforming. Oh, okay. was. It's, yeah. it's dropped. Justin Turner's dropped considerably. I mean, he's still hitting three thirty three with an on base plus slugging of over a thousand and a monster home run yesterday when they really needed it. That was and, Muncy. LZ, you are as rational well, I think a person. You go back and look. Go back. L- L- LZ, you are That's as nice. rational a person as I know. You have now heard Greg's case. You have heard us argue it. What What say you? I got the Rams and they're my five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So after that, I think there is some validity to what Greg is saying, though it doesn't explain everything. Let's take this concept that he's talking about. And expand it, right? When referees in the NFL are letting guys play, that sets a tone that is different than when referees are calling everything. You play differently, the outcome of the game is affected. You could even find yourself in a losing streak because you're trying to adjust to the way the games are being called and you can't keep up to the constant moving target. Take the same thing with like the NBA. Sometimes the refs let the guys play. And sometimes they call every ticky-tack foul. And sometimes they see tensions rising and they're trying to send a message and that throws off the equilibrium of the game because they're trying to adjust to how the referees are going to call the game. So when you go to baseball, which of the three sports that I just talked about is most impacted by the calls, right? Like the very first play of any baseball game depends upon whether or not the ump says it's a good ball or not. That's first. So it's even more important. So if players are struggling to keep up or figure out how these umps are going to call strikes versus balls, right. that can impact your at oh, bat. Oh, but, you just hit a home run. But, How'd that happen? Seriously, Cap, you're going to take a <laughs> You can't be that dense. You Obviously, you get what I'm talking about. Of so course, when I'm it comes to what I would say is so, this. So, talking so, to Bergman, though, LZ, so when, that... well, I was the one that was talking. So when I talk about, like, baseball, I don't believe, Greg, that you can use your theory and apply it across 20 games. <laughs> I think your theory could work for, like, a couple of games here and there, but it suggests the slump that they're in is all based upon trying to adjust to the way umps are calling balls and strikes, I think is a bit aggressive. Well, and, and, and what I would say is robots. where was – hold on. What I would say is where was this analysis when they were 13-2? and two? Right. Right. And the umps aren't robots. It's not like every single ump can call it exactly the same way. And these are pro hitters. You've got to be able to make adjustments if you think that the strike Correct. zone is adjusting. Correct. And Muncie just hit a home run is what I'm saying, LZ. It's like you, you, you're going to have guys get hot. And right now, a lot of guys are very cold. And that's why the record has gone from 13-2 and two to 4-12 and 12 in the next 16 games, which is the worst in Major League Baseball. 
Yeah, it it um I I I do think basically we all disagree with you, Greg. In in through whatever amount of games it's been at this point, LZ um, was a little bit on my side, not fully, but a little bit on. I, my I side. think you're I think you're stretching it to make it accommodate for their the you know the slump that they're in. Right, because here's theory, the thing: by the, way, well, too, the first fifteen exact. games, you, right, LZ? No one this. You know, you if if you if that's the case for the last sixteen, you know why wasn't that the case for the first fifteen? You know what I mean? Like the, you're telling me the umpire's strike zone was l- more formed the first fifteen than the last sixteen? I mean, that somewhat. doesn't seem that doesn't seem right. Seems like an excuse. Yeah, and I might be that dense, by the way, LZ. It's possible. Yeah, well, there's so you, know. I, you, you, you can't be that dense. I you might, you, you, you literally sound like the person who says there's no climate change because it's snowing. No, I don't know about that. No, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 now that's much, a stretch. That's pretty much what, that is exactly what you just said. <laughs> no, actually what I just said was that Muncie had just hit a home run. It was pretty simple, really. Yeah. No, you it's, said he hit a home run in the context of a larger data conversation. That's why I said you can't be that dense. Mm-hmm. I was talking about larger data and you went to just one example in this yeah, one moment. I like to keep it simple, yeah. I know, that's why I asked if you were that dense, that's all. It's possible. All we right. got a wrap. Coming up next, Jeannie Buss. Uh-oh. She drew the ire of Shaq. We'll get into that coming up in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Mason probably... Do you think Mason, if he hears that, Greg, do you think he actually does get upset? Yes, I do, because he is Mr. Baseball. So he's listening right now. Mace, I'm sorry, but it's By true. the way, did you guys happen to see that on Twitter mm-hmm. there's something called at Cartnarks? Now, do you think that's because it's you... Or that's just, it would be anyone that Chris would say would know more Dodger baseball than him. I think it's mostly me. If it was somebody else, like if he was, if, if Chris came in and said, oh, LZ knows more baseball than anybody, or, you know, Travis Rogers knows better, more baseball than anyone here, he'd be like, yeah, okay, fine, that's all right. But because it's me, yes, way more angry. <laughs> Absolutely. It's pretty funny. <laughs> now, I mean, wouldn't it be you if, if it was like, oh, Greg knows more basketball than Sadan? Oh, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I would laugh it off because I knew that would be the case. it's silly. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but apparently, Mason. Do you think Mason? Maybe Mason would be uh, bothered by it because he 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 does worry that you know more Dodger baseball. Speaking of getting upset, um, we've all have children here. Um, uh, the four of us, the four gentlemen on the show. Uh, Laura does not, um, but uh, Laura has family members, I'm sure, with little children. And um, there is a story here. And I feel like maybe not this has happened to all of us at one point or another, or maybe when we were kids, we've done something kind of crazy that our parents have had to deal with. But the story I, I just found that came across my timeline is a four-year-old boy uh, accidentally bought $2,600 worth of SpongeBob popsicles on Amazon. A four-year-old cartoon fanatic from Brooklyn named Noah Bryant who is four years old, as I mentioned, bought nearly $3,000 worth of non-refundable popsicles from Amazon. Amazon has said that they will not refund it, so a good Samaritan set up a GoFundMe page, and they have now covered uh, the cost of the 
one cases containing 918 popsicles. Oh, man, where um, do you put all that? Now, I mean, look, seriously, where uh, do Scott, you, you have it? four children. I would imagine that there was a time your children did something that probably drew your ire. I know that I had a, I mean, man, it wasn't 900, you know, $3,000 worth. But I remember when I fell for that, you know, remember back in the day, this is how old I am. Uh, the CD, one penny for like 10 CDs or whatever it was. And uh, then the bill eventually comes for all those CDs that you're buying. And my dad was like, what the hell did you do again? Um, but I would imagine that $3,000 is, uh, is a pretty wild deal. So how would you, how would, do you have anything like that? In your, in, your, you ever in have, your repertoire with the kids? You ever have a situation where you get your kids' phones, and this is going back, you know, like with their first generation of a phone, and then somehow your children are connected to your Apple ID, as an example, and then the next thing you know, your credit card is being hit because they're buying either apps or they've bought something right. that they thought was free, but then you can't figure out how to, how, how to stop it. Like, you literally are like, I can't figure out how to stop this charge every month and you're going to eat like for me i had four i was like is it you are you buying music or is it, is it you did you buy from this app so it, that was so irritating that i couldn't I, it took forever to try and find how this money was being billed to my card and i couldn't stop it so i can feel the pain for the parents almost a thousand spongebob bars where do you put it if you had a second refrigerator in your house where would you put all this stuff Maybe you have a SpongeBob pop party and just take them all down. I don't know, man. Poor little guy. You know, probably was playing on somebody's phone, didn't mean to do it. Next thing right. you know, $2,600 worth of yeah. pop show up. Yeah, they saw SpongeBob. He loves SpongeBob. Of course, he's four years old. What four-year-old doesn't love SpongeBob, LZ? He looked like a badass kid to me. <laughs> he might actually know what he was doing. He's cute, man. This picture yeah, is adorable. It's, it's adorable, but his style, too. Looking at yeah. the little ripped jeans on and like he skinny does. jeans and stuff. Mickey nah. Mouse, Mickey Mouse yeah. t shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mickey's he, he wearing did. a jean jacket on his shirt. Yeah, man. He, he might have known what he was doing. Got but glasses? <laughs> Are those Gucci? See, he's he stylized. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if he was an accent or not, but I will say that. Are you, th are you saying he's the youngest hipster in Brooklyn? I'm saying he may have parents who decided to make him a hipster, and he's leaning into it. He is. I mean, the glasses are stylized, like everything, right? He's he's got some stuff going on. It but is a cute, cute photo. This this is a fantastic opportunity because I had some similar frustrations when my son was younger, and what I decided to do was to open up his own checking account and give him his own credit card and just decided to teach him the principles of money oh. as opposed to being frustrated by him spending all of mine. And he learned, you know, and he continued to purchase games for his phone, but obviously not at the same pace because he right. understood the principle I, of money. So I, I say pay for it. Right. Yeah. This is this is an opportunity that you can actually teach him something. Yeah. Now for hard to create a credit card. Look, man, he's wearing those little Gucci glasses. <laughs> And skinny jeans. He probably already got a black card. <laughs> Amex be like, Noah Bryant? Of course, sir. We'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah, um, You know what's so funny? It's like now my son is probably the cheapest one in the house because right. of that. Like he, Frugal. He, would, he would stretch out a pack of ramen noodles for three days. Damn. <laughs> See, same deal. 17-year-old daughter, she got the first job like of any of the other kids, even with her older brother and sister. She got a job. She works all the time. She's making bank at this pizza restaurant. And the rest of the kids all of a sudden got motivated to go, wait, she got her own money. She can do what she wants. She's got some freedom. 
Uh, but let me tell you something. If I ask this kid, I'm like, hey, can you go to the grocery store and just pick some things up? She's like, well, well, Venmo me money. I'm like, no, no, just lay it out. I'll pay you back. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. This child will not lay out a penny for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's become that tight. Like, nope, this is my money. I'm not spending that money. You Venmo me. And it pisses me off. I'm like, come on, really? That's the way yeah, it is, listen, I like I, to I, teach the responsibility. Now, Laura had an interesting uh, plan. Laura, what is the plan? Now, it's funny the non-parent would have the plan here. Maybe she can help us. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay, I was just wondering if this mic worked. Yeah, you put a password on things, okay? I have a goddaughter, and she has my iPad all the time. So she is not allowed to purchase any apps because I have it blocked on the iPad. So there's things you could do so your child doesn't go crazy and spends over 2K on popsicle sticks. It's not that hard, people. Put a password, block the app purchases, you're good. I know. I feel dumb and lazy about the whole thing, you know? Like, I probably could have figured it out had I put the effort in, but I thought I was too busy doing something like, you know, being on Twitter or something like that. I know. I feel dumb. I know. I, I probably spent a way too much, well, I can tell you, a lot of money on stuff that I know we never use just because they were in-app purchases that were somehow connected to my Apple ID. God, I feel dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. it's funny you say that because we do have that in my house where my wife's Apple ID is on my daughter's iPad, and she's six. Um, now, we have locked, uh, uh, to uh, Laura's point, there are fail-safes that we have put in place um, because of that, because I feel like that could end up becoming costly. Um, so, you know. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, all right, coming up next, Jeannie Buss. I forgot to get to that, sorry. Uh, Jeannie Buss has drawn the ire of one Shaquille O'Neal in a playful way. We'll do that coming up in three minutes.